You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the unofficial 40. Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner Recruiting. It's the unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian. Dressing. Grandma's dressing. You got to. got to have it. That's good. That's good. And her banana pudding. Don't, don't tell our nutritionist. <laughs> Matter of fact, I love cornbread, by the way. I, I, I love cornbread. You don't get that back home. So when I got an opportunity to eat that out here, I eat that stuff up, man. Like, I love me some cornbread, obviously. Probably my, my grandmother's recipe for mashed potatoes. It's like a heart attack waiting to happen, man. It tastes good, though. It tastes, it tastes pretty good, though. Get some so. hard in there. Oh, man. Everything bad you can put in there, it's in there. That's why it's good. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be with my children and my family, and so this is my chance to get away from football and, you know, just actually focus on my family and my children. What's the, what's the one thing you got to have on the table for Thanksgiving? Ham. Really? I love ham. And the Jiffy cornbread with a lot of sugar. A lot of sugar. Uh, well, my aunt makes the turkey, so I know I'll be happy with that. I like I like the mashed potatoes, the green beans. With, with I don't know what they put on top, but that's good. And I think that's probably my favorite, the green beans. So that's a must-have for me. A stuffing. I'm a stuffing guy. Yeah. I like stuffing. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> uh, all right. Not a pumpkin pie. Or pie really? No pie, pie at all, huh? No. Any any other meaningful questions? No. All right. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It is our our Thanksgiving edition of the uh, Unofficial 40 podcast. And you heard there uh, from all kinds of players and coaches, I think Baker Mayfield. Neville Gallimore was the guy that was all excited about cornbread, uh, other than Dee Dee Westbrook and his Jiffy cornbread, which I had to look that up this morning. It's an actual brand, like Jiffy brand, Jiffy cornmeal. So I guess he only likes Jiffy cornmeal, cornbread. Uh, that was also... Uh, uh, Caleb Kelly that was in there, Lincoln Riley, Mike Stoops. So, uh, welcome everybody. It's another edition of the Unofficial Forty. Joined uh, by, I don't know why Eddie seems to be the Grinch today. He's not talking very much. Are you, did I make you sick? No, I'm just tired. That's that's valid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just seems like you're mad. I got a lot of shit to do. I was gonna ask, can we not cuss on the Thanksgiving podcast? But that's okay. Is it family stuff? Huh? No, I just got a lot of stuff to do in between now and my best friend's getting married this weekend, so I got a bunch oh, of stuff to that's do. Right. So when do you have to leave for that? Is that it's in, just in, in Oklahoma t- City? So, it is. Yeah, I got to go get the tux today though. And oh, that sucks. Do all that kind of stuff. So you go up to Oklahoma City to get that? Uh, yeah. Have they been yelling at you because you oh, should have yeah. been fitted by now? Oh no, I've already done all that. I just got to go pick it up. Oh okay. 
Joe Duvall is in the house. He has uh, Thanksgiving with, uh, I don't know, is it stressful? A stressful Thanksgiving when you're married? Uh, it's different. Uh, you have to start doing things that you're not used to doing. And, you know, you spend your whole life getting comfortable with your Thanksgiving and how you like to do it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have to split the day and all that kind of things. Although my parents, all of a sudden, now that like I split the day with the in-laws, my parents are out of town. They just left the country, basically. So now I have to spend the whole day with the in-laws. I think the way they see it, they got all their Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving's in with me. And now they're pawning me off on the in-laws. He sounds hurt. Uh, Josh McQuishan is here. He's going to be taking photos from now until Sunday uh, with the family, most likely. Josh, how you doing today? I'm good. You know, uh, have you taken the Thanksgiving photo already today? No, no. Uh, Tiffany is at work. Laney is at school, so no photos today. But yes, those those are coming. So everybody, you know, get your Facebooks ready because it's, it's happening. I just got Eddie. I just got this way yesterday. Like it, I thought, kind of practice. Like Bob had his press conference. Uh, it was kind of the regular week of of practice uh, availability. Uh, Joe was there last night. It's they don't do anything this week. It, it's a bye week, and then you have OSU and Bedlam all next week. I just felt like people were way too serious. Mm. Like it was just like, dude. You can ask about James Washington next week because we're going to ask about James Washington next week. I think they're just trying to be locked in so they don't get their ass kicked in two weeks. No, I mean the media. Oh. Uh, I was like, why, yeah. like why, is the, why is it all of a sudden the media is against having any fun? Because I feel like such a jackass because I'm always the one doing jackass things. And I, and I try and be serious when I go to practice because I do the morning show where I'm a jackass all the time, so people expect that out of me. Is that bleeding through from the fans? The, f- the fans taking things really seriously and the media feels, uh, all right, every time we, we try to make something light, then fans take it seriously right now? Dude, so, they've won eight games in a row. If you can't be a little bit lighthearted at some point, this was the week to do it. I mean, Eddie has no uh, congratulations that they beat a bunch of just t- awful teams. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to have some fun at this job, Eddie. I think you got to enjoy yourself. I am enjoying myself, and I'll enjoy myself uh, in two Saturdays. I, okay. When it's over? Uh, no, for Bedlam. Oh, okay. Although I don't think it's going to end how Oklahoma fans want it to end. This podcast is starting off horribly. Eddie sounds like he's headed to a funeral. Like, this is bad. This did is the sleep, worst Eddie I've ever Did you sleep last night, Eddie? Yeah. How, how many hours? How many hours do you know. sleep in most nights? Like six. Wow, you get a lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. Just just tuxedos and weddings and Thanksgiving? Is your yeah. si- and your sister's coming into town? I assume so. Is there a lot of pressure? No. I don't think so. Do you have to like make the turkey or something? No. I don't have to do any of that. Just go to mom's? Just show up. No, aunt and uncles. See, that's the single life. Eddie's like, I think my sister's coming in. I suppose she's coming in. Like, when you're married, like, you get the stock report from the wife. Like, they, they we, you know who's going to be there a week ahead of time. Uh, okay, so we're not going to have any fun today. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to, we're going to go hardcore information. And we're going to start out talking about last weekend, West Virginia. Eddie and I almost died. Uh, maybe he's mad at me for that. I don't know. Uh, it was close. Oh, yeah. But 
but the thing about like the the all the talk kind of coming out yesterday was when Bob Stoops had his press conference and said that they well he said this I'm just going to play it for you I'm sorry Josh you can't hear this but here's what Bob said or didn't say hmm. that's amazing now we can't even hear the audio and Josh has, you could have just left it there and Josh would have had no idea <laughs> wow I've totally screwed up everything that's interesting. I just played audio like two seconds ago. We could have pretended like Bob Stoops named Austin Kendall the starter. Pulled a little prank on Josh. Okay, I figured it out. Here we go. Here's what Bob Stoops said about the altercation at midfield before the West Virginia game. You know what? I, that totally caught me by surprise. I was mad at myself. Uh, my back was to them because I had already seen them leave the field. So I figured, hey, we're no problem here. We're going to punt the ball and meet at the 40, where we always do. We don't go to anybody's logo, have it in 18 years. And all of a sudden, they, I turn around, and everybody's at midfield. So they, they were sitting there, must have been waiting on us in the end zone and came charging at us when we do our normal punt the ball and meet at the 40-yard line and then exit the field. Did, did Dana say or anything to you about about how that did they think you were on their logo or something? No, that, that probably just they were probably just making sure they they weren't going to be intimidated by anything. And I didn't meeting at midfield and getting a break normally isn't too intimidating for anybody. But you know that's that's what they thought, I guess. And so he said that, and then shortly after his press conference, somebody had tweeted out a, a GIF or a GIF, whatever you want to call it, showing the Oklahoma players dancing right at the fifty-yard line right on top of the West Virginia logo. And I'll admit, when he said, we always do it on the 40, I was like, yeah, Bob's telling the truth. I, I, I watch games all the time. They're always on the 40. That's when they're at home. But I don't know. You guys saw the video. What did you think about it? I, I was with you, Kerry. When he said that, I was, uh, okay, yeah, I, I took, his, took him for his word. All right, Yeah, they do that on the 40. I didn't really think that much of it. And then somebody went back and checked the tape, and you can see they're clearly on the 50-yard line. But... I don't. I think that. I think West Virginia took disrespect to them jumping on the logo, but I also think that was going to happen either way. I think these. They were ready. Yeah. They were going to. They were going to scuffle no matter what. Things were going to go down. Uh, I mean, Baker even said social media kind of played a part in that leading up to it. Zach Sanchez and uh, uh, Tony Gibson, the defensive coordinator, got into it on Instagram. I think a little bit. So. I think that was something they knew was, was it gonna, Tony Gibson or Shelton Gibson? Or might, uh, I think that I think it was the defensive coordinator. Literally, Tony Gibson got into, or he might have said something that made Zach Sanchez say something, and then I don't know. Either, I know Shelton Gibson was involved. I don't know anything about Tony, but I know he got into it with Shelton on Instagram or something. Yeah, okay, maybe it was. I Shelton. did see that. Okay, there you go. Then that, that was what happened, and that's I think that's what had them ready to go before the game. But I was sitting in the press box typing in stuff, you know, getting ready for the. Uh, incident analysis and all that. I was kind of running behind. And I look down and I and I see out of the corner of my eye a bunch of blue jerseys running towards the middle of the field. And it's snowing. And I thought, oh my God, they're going to fight. And then they met in the middle. I don't know. Eddie, you were right in the middle of it. Were you like out there? Yeah, standing on the 50-yard line. Just doing pregame videos? Just Well, I was standing at the, about the 10 and then I had to run out there. But it was... Uh, I mean, did you see it developing? Yeah. I mean, did you notice like West Virginia... The, the, the West team Virginia was just standing team was, there waiting. No, they were all the way in the end zone. And they yeah, came they were running going back into out. their locker room, right? Yeah. And they came running back out. But, uh, you know, oh, use just the definition of a bully. They beat up teams that can't beat them up. And then when they play teams that, that can, they fold over. 
I like any I mean, that, takes today. It's a, that's a fact. They they got beat up by Ohio State. When they yeah, played they two really, really physical teams this year, they've gotten beat up. I, I don't think Eddie's wrong that OU does kind of puff their chest out more in the Big 12 than when they do they go play Clemson or if they have to play Ohio State in the preseason. It's a definitely It's been 2 years since somebody's beat them in Big 12 play. I mean, they 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 definitely are cocky. They're they're instigators. Just beating up on a bunch of teams that can't compete with them. But I mean, the the whole thing that was well, let me play this for you cuz Gino Lewis or Gino Lewis was asked about, you know, are you, you think he's regretting his decision? Are you instigators? Were you guys the instigator on Saturday? Uh, I'm not really going to say we were the instigator, but uh, I mean, we we do. We had to do it at the end of the day. Uh, whoever was the instigator, whoever started it, however it started. I mean, it's sports. Uh, it's fun. This is That's the type of stuff. That's the type of games you want to play in. Um, uh, you, you love those type of things. You want to see that because everybody's competitive. Everybody wants to win. So, uh um, I mean, I know I enjoy it, you know, especially being a senior. This being my last couple of games, uh, you know, I, I'm all for that stuff. So, so okay, back to Eddie's uh, angry Eddie's comment there. You think Penn State's better than Oklahoma? I mean, they have a better shot at playing for a national they title lost than OU does. Forty-nine to ten to Michigan. Forty-nine to ten, and they beat Ohio State. They did at home. Every once in a while, a team plays like crap and gets upset. That's I just, pretty good. I just think it's funny that. Penn State probably has a better shot of playing for a national title than Oklahoma. They does. do. I mean, they got they got to beat Michigan State this weekend. They got to win the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, their path is set. All they have to do is win out, and they're in. It's amazing. I don't think they're a very good team. I agree. I'd, I'd take OU on a neutral field, but I think you're right that I mean, or I don't think there's any question their their future is much more locked in than Oklahoma's. They've won one game. I mean, it's not like the Big 12 is murderer's row, but what Oklahoma's done in, well, I don't know if you have Baylor in there. You can throw Baylor, Kansas State in a, in a you know, a blender. They're probably about the same difficulty of beating. And then... They're more physical. West Virginia, and if they beat Oklahoma State, they will have done more to this point at the regular season than... I think they will get... They'll play Wisconsin if they make it through. Mm-hmm. I think Wisconsin will beat them in the Big Ten yep. Championship. I would agree with that, yeah. I, I, and I, I, I don't think there's any way Penn State's getting to the college football play. I don't think there's any way. I think it'd be funny if they did. Uh, it I, might be funny, but I don't think they will. I don't think they're good enough. They might. I think there's one really good team in college football, and there's like 10 that are pick them. Yeah, I mean, to to Josh's point that he's been kind of making for the past week, do you even really want to get into the college football playoff? Oh God, not as the number four. (laughs) That's insane. That is that is ridiculous. No, you're being ridiculous. This is just like when I said all the OU fans like, oh, we don't want to play Bama in the Fiesta Bowl. We're just gonna get embarrassed. And I said, no, you want that opportunity to beat Alabama. If the opportunity is there, you want it. Same thing here. If you get the opportunity to beat Alabama, it is what you would you gain. What you would gain from beating them is so much more than what you would lose from losing them. It would them. be it would be a better situation for you to get beat by literally a thousand points in the playoff than it would to win the Sugar Bowl by fifty. To beat Auburn or that's insane. Florida uh, that's or just, Tennessee. How often do we have to hear these guys like? We had to bounce back after the way that season ended in our spring ball. You know, we had to get our minds back right. 
you get to go into it with a huge win over a good opponent instead of getting clowned again on national television. Like, if this was one game, I get it. But this is becoming a storyline of Oklahoma football. Every time they step up to the big boy table, they get slapped around. Do you need that to happen again? When Again, and a part of it, too, is Oklahoma's recruiting and young talent is better than the talent that has been there and that is currently on campus. And guess what? They are going guess to get Guess what, better. though, Josh? They, they helped solidify getting Joe Mixon by beating Alabama that year. They've got a guy on their team right now that is better athletically than anyone else in this conference other than, I don't know, James Washington maybe. Mixon made his choice literally the day, like two days after that Alabama game. Yeah, but if they, really if they had gotten... made his choice based on the Alabama well, game? Well, I'm just no. saying, he didn't, but they won that game and it certainly helped stave off it anything did. UCLA was trying sure. to do. Sure, But again... That's people try, and that this is this is the same argument I get into every time I bring this up. Well, yeah, you didn't give them a chance against Alabama last time. It's two totally different circumstances. It's it, they couldn't be more polar opposite. A that Oklahoma team was reasonably complete. This is a half of a really good football team and one that just gave up three hundred plus yards rushing to West Virginia. Look, do I think that they can beat Alabama? No, I don't. Do I don't think, think anybody can beat Alabama. Of Alabama. I, I would say I would close. say if Alabama they got out of if yards. they got out of a game with Alabama where they lost by fourteen, you can live with that. If you made I the college you football playoff, I think you're right, but I don't think that would happen. Do you think they're going to get be like fifty to seven? I think I think you could. What very Michigan well State Michigan lose? State again. Michigan State lost what thirty eight nothing in that game last year. I think that's right. Yeah, and that's really because Alabama called off the dogs on them because it was done at half. I guess the question is. All right. If if you if you truly believe the split is you're gonna if you make the college football playoff you are going to get blown out by Alabama and if you make the Sugar Bowl you're going to have a big win versus Auburn or Florida or whoever. Now I I get Kerry's point though that you can't just take all that for granted. You can't just assume I, I all that's going to happen. I, I'm just what measuring probabilities. What is most likely to happen? I'm and to be honest, Josh, my inclination has always been to go with you. Even before you made that point, I was telling people privately. I'm not sure OU wants to be number four if Alabama's number one because so soft. Nobody does. I so mean, soft. If if you lose, but that's the toughest game. But if you win that game, then you have all the confidence in the world. Look. Nobody's going to know OU fans are going to go to that game. I mean, the Sugar Bowl wasn't full. It, there were a lot of empty seats in that game, Eddie. I mean, yeah. nobody thought that, you know, Alabama fans, there were, there were, I would say it was pretty equal. I mean, Alabama fans just thought they would win because it was Alabama. Oklahoma fans, a lot of them didn't go because they didn't want to get their heads kicked in. Yeah. And I had this argument over and over about it's. <laughs> It feels like a stupid, it's better to have loved than lost, to have never loved at all. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Romantic care. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things like, yeah, I mean, get the, if you get that opportunity, you take that opportunity. And, and for OU to be able to say, we have made the playoffs two out of three years that they've had them, that's a, that's a nice little feather in your cap. It, it also, like, kind of, it, it's half a sentence. What happened when you got there, coach? Oh, we got embarrassed twice. Well, they were I winning mean, we got, at halftime last year. I mean, I would. They got their butts beat in the second half, but it wasn't like they were just run off the field like against USC. That's true. That's true. But I mean, again, even going back to USC, like how many times in a row can Oklahoma just get pummeled when they face an opponent on their level? 
Yeah, I mean, as to Josh's point, this narrative isn't just like a few year narrative. This yeah, is a this decade is not, plus. Like long. if this was if it was just last year, you you go for it. Yeah, I get it. But to me, go win the battle when you have a chance to win it. And, and if he, Oklahoma's going to get into a three seed, I yeah, cool. That that's no problem. To go in and face Alabama is the last thing you want. And either way, Josh isn't. I don't. I don't believe Josh is saying. Josh isn't saying that Oklahoma should believe this. That Bob Stoops should believe this. That the team Hell should no. believe this. No, Hell no, not at all. Well, this is just the 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 prognosticators, us outside of it, kind of talking about what what best probability is. Because no one actually thinks Oklahoma should think this way. You should think you're going to beat whoever you play. You should want to be in the playoff. We get that. But you're also acting like kids only choose a school because. They won the college football playoff. Oh, you lost a damn commitment because he went to the team where he went. He Jalen Rager was on an official visit at OU TCU. He saw OU beat TCU, and then he switched his commitment. It's not all about winning and losing and margin of victory and all, with every kid. I mean, I okay. think a lot of kids just seeing a team go to the college football playoff, winning the Big Twelve, playing, you know, getting a chance to play on that stage. That says a lot to to most kids, I would think. Again, and I'm arguing the probabilities. If you're going to tell me, if you could say OU's going to stay within 10 or 14 Alabama, I agree with you. Okay, that's a game you can go play. That's fine. And I understand we don't know that. Again, I'm just measuring what I think is most likely to happen. Oklahoma is not going to be able to get into a rhythm offensively because Alabama is just going to bully them up front, and they're going to go on seven, eight-minute drives, and then Baker Mayfield's going to have to score. It's like Texas Tech, except instead of facing the little the children of the blind, you're facing an Alabama defense that has legitimately seven top two-round picks in its front seven. Like, you are going to get massacred up front defensively. Like you, Oklahoma's good offensively. They're going to score some points. But they're going to have to score every time, and they're not going to be able to get into a rhythm because Alabama's just going to line up eye formation and bully them defensively. Then I don't even know why they should play Bedlam. Okay, I mean, like I, that's sarcastic stuff. That doesn't do anything. Like that's nothing, Eddie. Like that. That doesn't. I'm not talking about anything. Oklahoma State's not on the same planet as Alabama. Then why should anybody play the playoff? Just cancel the playoff, give the championship to Alabama, and we'll just call this uh, good here by Thanksgiving. Is it going to be any different with with Michigan or with let's say Michigan makes let's say Michigan wins out? Is it going to be any different with Michigan playing Alabama? I mean, maybe they have a little bit of a shot, but that, not much more than Michigan State had a year ago, and Clemson. Not has not been for sure. Yeah, and Clemson has not been Clemson like they were last year. Going, their defense isn't nearly as good as it was a year ago. Agreed. Nobody sure. really has it. I mean, if you're going to look at it that way, yeah, Eddie's right. Why does anybody play this thing? Those all three of those teams again. We, uh, you include Ohio State in the conversation. Two of the three teams you're talking about have already bullied OU up front, and they're and they're not as good as Alabama. Well, Clemson like was a year ago. It, you've seen them just bludgeon OU up front, and they're nowhere near Alabama up front. Do I think those teams could give Alabama a better game? Absolutely. I think Ohio State on their best night, they could give Alabama some trouble. They could. Oklahoma? Tell me what matchup Oklahoma wins. Where do they beat Alabama? I, Josh, I don't think OU is going to beat Oklahoma State next Saturday. I, so I get it. I'm just saying my, my basis is that I think it's retarded <laughs> that that OU shouldn't want to not play in a playoff game. I'm not telling you OU shouldn't want to. Uh, Joe just said that's never been my point. I get why 
players, fans, coaches wouldn't agree with me. I'm telling you what I think is best for this program. They're not going to win a national title this year. They're not going to beat Alabama. So what's your best optimal goal? Playing the playoff. 11 and 2, win a huge New Year's Six Bowl against it's not a good a, It SEC won't be a opponent. huge game because the, any team that they play in that Sugar Bowl is going to be a shit team from the SEC East. Would you say the difference between those teams and OU is pretty similar to the difference between OU and Alabama? No. Really? Oh, no. That that the teams that they're going to play I in the Sugar the Bowl? the golf between OU and Tennessee is pretty similar to the golf between OU and Alabama. Yeah, it probably. Might be smaller. Probably. So, I mean, I, I don't so understand I don't that, that, though. OU needs to go into the Sugar Bowl looking down on a shit team from the SEC East. They are, though. I'm, OU's a shit team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. They're a shit defense. Can I'm, we say that? They're a shit defense, yeah. And and that's like that's the thing, like, Kerry, you were talking earlier about, you know, if people can't get positive about it, that that's the drag of this whole thing. Oklahoma's offense is one of the best it's ever had. Baker Mayfield may be having the best season of an Oklahoma quarterback ever, which is saying something with Sam Bradford to be considered. But this defense is so horrific, they've ruined uh, a, an all-time offense. I'm going to let you guys finish the podcast. I'm just going to go hang out on the Crimson Corner. It's more cheery there. <laughs> I about to say, is this the Thanksgiving week podcast? <laughs> My God! I literally was going to say, let's try not to cuss on the Thanksgiving podcast. I've cussed. Eddie's cussed. Josh has cussed. I'm clean. Joe, get in there. G- F you, Joe! G-rated. <laughs> Can I? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't even, even know where we take this podcast uh, here, here, now. I got a good one. This is a question I have: is are, is there should there be any concern among Oklahoma fans that their offense, when they get to a bowl game against a more physical defense and a different set of officials, that they'll call pass interference much less? They'll allow defensive backs to be physical. And there's some precedent for this. You watch some of Oklahoma's past bowl games; they get manhandled up front and they don't get as many defensive pass interference calls. So, I, you know, I'm watching the West Virginia game, and Oklahoma gets a few calls that I'm not sure they get in a bowl game. So is there concern about this style of play working in the Big 12 but then not translating out? I, Look, I, I think my opinion on this is well documented. I, this is why the spread is a killer. Because once but you, you guys are acting like play, Oklahoma runs Texas Tech's offense. They don't. No, they I, they run the ball and they and they they, do. they set up play action with DD West going deep. I mean, this is not this is not the even Kevin Wilson's offense. I mean, they ran the ball. You know, they went to a national championship without Demarco Murray and had Chris Brown as their running back and had a a shit show at receiver. I'm tired of seeing why are we seeing shit so much. <laughs> I mean. Look, Joaquin Iglesias and Manny Johnson, Jermaine Gresham was the only thing that they had that was a legitimate NFL receiver in that game. I mean, they had a young Ryan Broyles. And and it's not like they got run off the field in that game. They had a, no. a and the defense wasn't great that entire year. They no one ever accused OU of having a great defense in two thousand eight. Yeah. Especially after Reynolds went down. Re, or they lost Austin Box. I mean, you know, Reynolds, yeah. they lost Austin Box. And then they had to go in with Mike Balligan as the starter in that game. And they scored what fourteen points when they they had scored sixty in five straight games. Yeah, I mean, in, in the first play that was one of the first plays of that game, Major Wright lays into Manny Johnson, which you know, should have been a should have been a defensive pass yeah. interference call. 
wasn't a called, and then it kind of set the tone for the rest of the game for Florida to be overly physical with Oklahoma. It's a lot like what the Seahawks do in their secondary. They're going to manhandle you every time, and they're going to force the officials to call it, and they probably won't. And that, like, I, I, D.D. Westbrook is not a huge physical guy, and if he's been allowed to be given space, and I, I think there could be some concern in a bowl game. He, he could be uh, against the Alabama's kind of physical defense. Look, I'm going to – I'll say this, and I don't know that – there is not an offensive weapon. You have Leonard Fournette, but there's not an offensive weapon in the SEC like Joe Mixon. It might be maybe uh, Hurd for Alabama as a quarterback. He might be the only thing that you could really compare him to. But, I mean, Joe Mixon, he's yeah. a guy that, that not really loosens up defense, but when you can't get things going offensively, he's a guy that can make plays where nobody else can, can make plays. No argument here. And I completely agree. To, but to compare him to somebody from that 2008 offense, I think I mean Jermaine Gresham's different, obviously, but he's still that kind of versatile big weapon that Florida can't really compare it to. They can't that it couldn't have really been ready for. And he had success in that game. And people would say that they, they could be critical of Kevin Wilson for not going to Jermaine Gresham enough in that game. So, I, yeah, I, I, that's a good point here. I think if if you end up in that SEC style of game, I, I think Joe Mixon might be your your number one option on offense rather than somebody like D.D. Westbrook. I don't. I mean, I'm, I, look up front. They would get overwhelmed with their defensive pressure, and Baker would would have as many problems as he had last year against Clemson. But to not, I mean, just to say they shouldn't play that game, I can't buy into that. I can't. I know you're talking about the future and recruiting and what's best and stuff like that. I'm just sorry. You just need to give up football if if you don't want to play another team. You just need to quit football. Again, people keep trying to make that. I'm not making that argument. I get why OU'd want to play that. I get why fans would prefer that. The, the fans that are with me, I'm surprised by, frankly. But the re, I'm just talking about what I think leads to better things down the line. I don't see going and yet again getting embarrassed on national television is is good for you. Like I, I don't see how that's a good thing. I get that that's not what you're going to want. I'm not advocating that, oh, you should try to lose or that, oh, you should feel like they don't have a chance. None of that. They should they should believe, hey, we belong here. We're going to do this. I get all of that. I'm just saying from outside, what I think moves them forward in the best direction is having a chance to go win a good game against a good opponent rather than trying to line up against Alabama. Now, again, if, if you could tell me Oklahoma's going to be the three and gets to play like Michigan, hey, that's a game OU can win. I believe that, but is you know, but against Alabama, I, I I'd almost rather I'd almost rather if they're gonna play in a playoff, I'd almost rather them be done losing to Alabama than going to another national championship game and getting their heads kicked in. Yeah, that's true. There's a point. Where, did, where, but you still want to go to the playoff. Which, I mean, just get your head kicked in that first round. Which result gets them the higher <laughs> ranking the next year? Is it is it losing in the college football playoff in the first round, or is it winning in the Sugar Bowl? Or does, I mean, is it just is there any real difference there? I mean, are you going to be set up for expectations the same way? And and all I mean, all of that's pretty pretty contingent on Baker Mayfield coming back. But I I don't I don't I don't think there actually would be that much different ex, difference expectation wise going into next year. All right, uh, there's some other things that we can talk about. Uh, I mean, I think we're we're not changing each other's minds on this deal, and and I understand what Josh is saying. He's not saying that you turn down the invite and that you absolutely you take a knee every time you get the ball just so you can limit their possessions <laughs> which i think josh probably thinks would be a good idea a good game plan 
the water boy tactic. <laughs> so, but I mean, you do have a lot of things going on right now. Um, one of them being that Joe Mixon's attorneys released a statement to the Oklahoman yesterday, um, which kind of shows you how media savvy his attorneys have been this entire time. Just ridiculous. I'm on record as they've done him the worst disservice possible throughout this entire process by not having some type of apology near the beginning. People that should be hit in the face are his lawyers. Uh, <laughs> you want to hit a lawyer in the face, Eddie? Sure. Good luck in court. My roommate's a lawyer. <laughs> but see, he doesn't have to pay to defend himself. No, he'd to... be defending me. No, but I'm saying the lawyer that you hit. Oh. You can just go to court all day. That'd... They can't take me to court. I mean, just... Settle for twenty five thousand. I don't have twenty five thousand, but some lawyers should be hit in the face. But it, it was a terrible orchestrated. And I know. Look, I went round and round with lawyers on Twitter about this. But he finally issues the apology. The way I looked, I don't know how you guys look at it, but the way I look at it is that's nice. It should have happened two years ago. I just there's nothing about the apology. The apology is exactly what it should have been. I, I think it, it the would, accusations of, you know, racial, you know, taunts or whatever, you could have been fine leaving that. But I do, I mean, essentially what happened is two of the three uh, cases, or, or ch not charges, but two of the three, two-thirds of the case was thrown out. And I think what probably happened is it went ahead and uh, convinced Molitor's side that they needed to settle that this wasn't going well, that, that having this in Oklahoma, finding a jury that was sympathetic to her, all the odds seemed to be stacked against her, and I think they probably came to a settlement, and part of that settlement was, we're going to issue a public apology, and that'll be the end of it. That's my thought. It would have been nice to hear it from his mouth, though, right, after two years? If you have to wait two years to issue an apology, and if you're hiding behind legal reasons that you're doing so, when you are able to do it, wouldn't you want to show your emotion show your remorse yeah i think so especially when you've had that traffic thing or the the ticket thing lately to me that was a, a huge mistake because it it read like it was from a lawyer it read like it was from a suit and it, I, I'm, I'm not even sure joe mixon is connected to the, those words at all until I, he should have come out and, and said it himself I, I don't know why they sent it out that way and i don't know it, it to me it just felt when i saw it i thought okay well that's that's almost nothing i mean it's i mean it's it's an, he put it on record for the first time ever but there's nothing there that's there's no, there's no there there to me. It's the, I apologize if you've been offended. Right. He even gave himself an excuse for doing so written into it. So I, it would have been, I mean, that's something that you, when it's written down, anybody can take it any way they want to. But when you put your face on it, you can show your remorse and contrition. And he didn't do that. I just don't think he's capable of pulling that off. I probably would agree. As a public speaker. Because let's face it, he doesn't speak to the public. Yeah. If but, he had that ability at one time, he lost it. Yeah, he just he's he's gotten such bad advice from his lawyer team that it's I mean, I I can't even fault him for anything that comes on him because it's like he has he's gotten terrible guidance through this whole thing. Yeah. And I don't know if he realizes it. And I think we were so mad at the university for so long about, you know, not allowing us to talk to him or at least 
and they've tried. I mean, they you know they had the pool reporter thing earlier. I think that would have continued if the ticket thing didn't happen the very next freaking week. Yeah. Uh, so they've tried, and they've been frustrated. I mean, they had to throw them out there or get fined, you know, ten or twenty grand, whatever it was, for the Orange Bowl last year, the the college football playoff game they went to, Josh. Did we lose Josh? No, I'm here. Okay. What did I miss? I feel like I missed something that led in there. I feel like you were in another room. No, no, I, I was honestly here. I was, I was definitely typing something. I was checking the board for something, but I must okay. have missed. The, I missed the lead in. So no, this I made did, some I, great airtime. I, I took a little shot at you. Um, oh well, all right. I, 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 you know, I don't know what good it does moving forward. I don't know that we'll talk to him even. I would assume. I mean, if I'm OU, this is what I do. Bedlam week, get him up there on the podium during the Stoops luncheon. They won't. But they won't probably, yeah. And I've, I've said it before, but I, th- I think they would like to. I think they wish Joe but could if do it's, that. But if the case is settled, there's no reason for him not to. Even if, if he says something stupid, the case is settled. I, it might happen. I mean, uh, Lincoln Riley has talked about Joe Mixon like he's a captain on that team before. So if you're going to talk about somebody in that manner, it, it would make sense for them to be in front of the media. I just to be a face of the program, yeah. right? So I, I just I do know that they worry about putting him out there. They just are not sure what's going to happen. And part of that is kind of everyone around him in his own fault for not having him out there for so long. You're never quite sure what to expect. If they go to the Fiesta Bowl, I'm trying to rethink this, Eddie. Did we have, we didn't really have like a media day, media day, did we? Yeah, they do. And they have everybody in a room. Did we do that at the hotel or the uh, stadium? It was at the hotel because it, I, I remember. Oh, that's right. They, everybody the was in one and, room yeah. and then Stoops and Saban were there. Okay. Because that's when we saw. No, it was UConn. It wasn't Saban. No, I, I'm saying the Fiesta Bowl. If they go to the Fiesta Bowl, do we have media day? Yeah. Or not Fiesta Bowl. I mean, Sugar Bowl is what I mean. Oh, uh, I don't think the Sugar Bowl had a big media day. It did have they where had they had their Stoops defensive players they brought in and their offensive players, but it wasn't like the entire team. Like, mm. What was the was it C.J. Mosley? Was that the linebacker? Yeah, I remember we saw him, him and we were like, man, he looks like a basketball player. Yeah. He played like a basketball player in that game. Yeah, it was something like that. But I don't know. what. What's the... Uh, might be better asking what the Alamo Bowl uh, <laughs> media policy Because they're going to lose to OSU. Yeah. I guarantee the Alamo Bowl does not require that every player be <laughs> made available to the media. Probably not. They just, they let you go back and watch other people have sex in their hotel rooms. That's the, uh, that's the, that's the Texas, that's the Texas way. Okay. Colt McCoy way. And then Trevon Boykin got into a bar fight. Yeah, we might have to. It, we'll have to put everybody Boy, we'll on have to be police blotter watch. Gee, many Christmas. Joe, you're going to go down and just stay at the San Antonio Police Department. Oh, no. Maybe the, Are there Alamo cops? Like the Riverwalk cops? I don't know. They have a Riverwalk jail? FYI, you're still holding out on a story for us from your trip to West Virginia that I'm waiting on. I don't know that Eddie's in the mood I want to tell this story. He's pounding on his laptop. Why are you pounding on your laptop? Oh, sorry. You, you teased us with this story... Over the break, and now you're teasing us It's really, again. I've retold the story several times. I'm telling you, it's just not that good of a story. It's more of had to be there kind of thing. Yeah, I would agree. Basically, right. I, I wrecked the rental car into the side of a hill to, tr- to try and keep us from spinning out of control 
and going down the side of a mountain. Were you on ice? Did you spin out? Snow. It was snow covered. Did you get the rental insurance? Yes. It was wet. It didn't do anything to the car. We checked. Did you tell the no. rental place? No. <laughs> you turned up oh, no. Never. No. Never. Why would you? Uh, okay. Heisman Trophy. Eddie, do you want to crap on this right now? Like Baker, did he have no chance? Uh, no, I think that they. The I mean, I think that they do. But they care. They do. Baker Mayfield definitely has a chance of getting invited. I don't think Dede Westbrook should. Be I don't invited. either. I mean, I he's going to win the Blitnikoff. I would think. I mean, I don't. I, Josh, you get to sit at home and watch more games on Saturday. I don't know much about the Northwestern kid, or especially not the Louisiana Tech kid. I know Louisiana Tech had two receivers that had as many stats as Dede Westbrook had or anybody. And the, I think probably in. I don't even know if it's really the Oklahoma bias. I guess it's the numbers, but I, I was surprised that James Washington wasn't a finalist. There were several weird choices. And I think that leads into, you know, I, I've been saying for a few weeks, and it's certainly not just me, but a lot of people, that he's got to be the front runner. Well, when you pit him against who you've put him against, how how do you really say, you know, there, there's a chance he loses this? Like, if only from the national recognition, the voters are going to look and see the numbers and think, oh, well, that dude's from Oklahoma. Like, that that's not even – And me, Oklahoma's that's a, that's really good, so – conclusion is any award out there. Yeah, right it's – it's they see Oklahoma and they say, well, Oklahoma's really good. Oh, he's the reason they're really good? Well, he's he's got to be the Blitnikoff winner. Exactly. There were several guys I thought could be a problem for him if they made it into the finals. But against guys from East Carolina and Northwestern, I – Well, how does the I, Ross kid from Washington not make it? How, how does James Washington yes, not make excellent. it? he's I mean, excellent. He's awesome. Yep. Uh, th- there were several. I think you could make a case for Mike Williams at Clemson. Uh, yeah. You know, th- there uh, had that huge game uh, against uh, Pittsburgh. Even in the loss, he was awesome. So I, there's a lot of guys you could make the case for. I Not that those guys aren't good players. They absolutely are. I mean, the kid from East Carolina – is I, I can't remember if he already has or is just about to break Justin Hardy's record. But, I mean, he's a big-time player. He really is. But on the stage and against the, the kind of teams that Didi's playing, these guys aren't doing the same things. Yeah, that 75-yard touchdown Saturday just clinched it. The entire college football world was watching that game. It was at the that early point. in the game. The yeah. Early in the game. And, and that was an incredible highlight reel, perfect play for him to have. And it got him to it bumped him up enough where he got over 100 yards and he had that highlight real play and a huge win. I, I that solidifies it to me. I I would be shocked if D.D. Westbrook doesn't win the Blitnikoff. And and I will say I think he actually is the better choice to campaign for the Heisman to get him going there just based on the fact alone that I think if Lamar Jackson bounces back and doesn't completely fall off the face of the earth, he'll probably win the Heisman and it'll be hard for Baker to overcome the quarterback comparison there. And in a kind of a, tr- a change year when people are liking Jabril Peppers and things outside of quarterback, D.D. Westbrook is number two in a lot of ballots right now. And maybe maybe it's it's almost weird for Oklahoma fans because they think about Ryan Broyles and Sterling Shepard and Mark Clayton, some of the guys that have been through and didn't end up winning a Blitnikoff or get this kind of Heisman love. But I think it's just the right year, and Westbrook's had kind of the right kind of season and run to be the guy to go to New York. And actually, to be honest, I bet they both end up going by the end of it. Well, Baker's kind of like the Ford Taurus of college quarterbacks. Like when it first came out, the new one, you're like, oh, that's a really cool car. Now the cops have him. You see him every week. He's like, yeah, there's another Ford Taurus. Not so cool anymore. 
Well, and I think with with Joe's point, there's also the storyline for Didi. Oh, he was hurt those first three games. That's why he didn't play all that well. Baker didn't have any excuse. He just didn't play well. So I, I think he gets uh, Didi really gets absolved from when Oklahoma wasn't winning, and then he gets healthy, and all of a sudden Oklahoma's offense is one of the best in college football. So I, I you think know what though Baker didn't play too. poorly against Ohio State. I mean the offense the offense lost him the game against. Houston because they had every opportunity the defense got some stops they got that goal line was that a fumble recovery I think Uh, and the offense just couldn't ever like in that second half like you never felt like the offense was going to get them back in that game against Ohio State their defense just sucked so bad the offense had no opportunity to have an impact on that game that's fair I mean let's see what Baker had at least one pick in that game was it two he threw one that was one bad. Was tipped. I one, yeah, one was tipped. He, he tried to force that one into Baxter downfield. Yeah, late. I remember he just that threw one. A, he threw a jump ball. That, yeah, like it certainly. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you, Kerry. He was better against Ohio State than he was Houston. But like nobody's blaming. You know, if if you want to say okay, it was on the defense. Okay, and Baker maybe wasn't the guy we saw last year. You could make that case. Dee was just hurt, so you just get to absolve him from that completely, whether that's fair or not. As soon as he got healthy, all of a sudden Oklahoma's offense looked like a different thing. But I, I mean, in terms of the Heisman, yeah, I think I think Baker's the only one that really has a shot. I mean, Didi's going like Didi's going to win the Blitnikoff. Didi is a product of of Oklahoma's offense. The, I mean, the running game, Baker Mayfield, the offensive line, the offensive line not giving up sacks. I mean, that's been a huge thing that we really haven't talked a lot about this year, but. For Didi Westbrook to have the time to make double moves downfield like he has all year, that I mean, he's a product of of he's a really good player, but he wouldn't be where he is without all the other weapons they have on their offense. Yeah, it wasn't just Didi Westbrook getting healthy that sparked the offensive resurgence. It was also that offensive line gelling because Cody Ford gets hurt against Ohio State, and then they have to kind of reshuffle that lineup around, and then that's the one that sticks, the one with Eric Rennett center. That's the one that seemed to kind of gel this group together. And ever since then, they've been playing outstanding offensive line football. And and it's been really the catalyst for this whole offense all year uh, because they, they can't do the things they do. The the, the plays where uh, Baker has to roll out 10 yards to his left, wait for D.D. Westbrook to win a deep double move on the right side of the field and then throw it deep. You can't do that unless your offensive line's playing well. And you can't do that unless your running game's forcing linebackers to keep to stay honest on play action. Uh, one thing I wanted to hit, uh, you know, I saw this on the board a lot, and people were asking me about, you know, the linebacker situation. Jordan Evans, um, you know, no one happy with seeing what happened when Reuben Hunter came into the game, and asking, you know, what else can they do there? And I've been telling people all year, like when people were ripping on Jordan Evans, even after the Tech game, I was like, look, he's the best that you've got. There's nobody else that's going to step in and do any better. And people are like, ah, bullcrap. Just put somebody else. Waterboy could do better than that. And it's just. No, I mean, they don't have it. So I did ask Mike Stoops uh, kind of what his emergency plan is there with uh, with things going on the way they are right now. What is the emergency plan there at linebacker? Do you have to pull somebody out of red shirt? You would have to pull somebody or, you know, move Buzzy over to, to play. You know, yeah, he's playing both so. both positions. So uh, Let him talk. Yeah. Uh, would have to play both positions. That's what he's doing now, or you'd have to – John Michael is a guy that's got limited reps there throughout the year. John Michael Terry, and you know, I'd hate to pull his yeah. red shirt out now, but um, you know, we're I think we're in pretty good shape uh, getting Jordan back at the beginning part of next week, and you know, have him you know full go for for the game. 
So yeah, I mean, emergency, emergency is John Michael Terry. So if Jordan Evans went down in the first hat in the first quarter early in the game, they might have to pull John Michael Terry's red shirt. I think they'd still go with Reuben Hunter. Yeah, they probably would. Unless you know they just they, they unless the only way I think they would pull his red shirt is if they he gets hurt or can't go early, you know, restrains the hamstring, whatever. Put in Reuben Hunter. Oklahoma State keeps taking advantage of him, but Oklahoma also keeps scoring. And if it was like a back and forth thing up at the halftime, I think they just have to pull his red shirt. I don't. I think there's less than a zero point five percent chance they would they would burn a red shirt. They put Bolton in there first. Yeah, that's kind of what I think, and I think that still would even take, which Hunt, would probably Hunt, be even worse. So Hunter would still probably have to get hurt for that to happen. I think. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that Evans would have to get hurt, then Hunter would come in, and he would either just have to play just horribly and i don't i don't think that'll happen i think he'll, he'll be in his positions which is what they'll care about and it would take him to get injured for them to just have to think about it and i like i don't think they would pull terry's red shirt even then i think like you said they'd find a way to move curtis bolton over i know he said you can't do it but capri Doucette can handle playing inside linebacker i know he says you can't but he should be able to do it over burning john michael terry's red shirt yeah but the problem is they just they're not practicing him there i mean I, you're basically telling the guy okay Go out there and tackle somebody. I yeah, don't know what you're doing. He has to know and no, somewhat. And somebody has that to might make, be better than what they're doing right now but on somebody defense. has to make the calls. That's the position that makes the calls for the defense. That's the other problem yeah, there. It's the, like losing your center and just saying, oh, we'll just put we'll just put a freshman in there that's never practiced there. I mean, if the guy can tackle it, it'll be better than anything that they've been throwing out there the last five, six weeks. In fact, I think Caleb Kelly would probably be a, a yeah. better choice if that's really what it gets down to. But I mean, they're, look, their 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 run defense is terrible, and West Virginia just proved that. And it's not like the thing that's weird about the West Virginia and, and Crawford is like Crawford, they could not have been in a better situation that their their running back went down early and Crawford had to come in because it was his quickness that was the problem for the OU defense. It's almost like if you're a big back and you rely on you know kind of bowling through people and breaking tackles and stuff. Like they can handle that running back, but they can't handle is the really quick guys, because they're probably not probably because they're not that athletic really when it comes down to it. I don't. I, I've said it before and I've said it jokingly, but now I'm to the point where I'm almost serious. I don't understand what they do all week at practice. <laughs> like, do they watch film of the of teams and and see what what they're getting ready to face? It's just it's a horrible front. I mean, it really is. I, Josh, I don't. I mean, you're watching Monday Morning Idiot. But, I mean, have an oboe out there, smaller guy. I mean, guy looks like a Greek god, but he's not, he's not a big guy. I don't, he's a little bit bigger than Eric Stryker was, but it's not like he is uh, Devontae Bond, I mean, from a, 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 a stout physical standpoint. And then Jordan Evans, I mean, he's bigger than he should be. I mean, he, he's, he doesn't naturally carry the weight that he's carrying right now. And Emmanuel Beal, he's too small too. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody on that defense is too small. And then Austin Roberts and DJ Ward have been fine, but you're asking two guys that really look like defensive ends to be your run stoppers. I mean, other than Jordan Wade, there's nobody out there that really belongs on that field to stop the run. Josh, am I wrong? No, you're not. And, you know, really, if you look at it from a true, especially the way OU's playing this two gap, three, four. Jordan Wade's a defensive end. Like, with his body type and the way he looks, those guys, like, you sent, um, you know, not to get back into that, but you sent him to Alabama, 
he's going to line up at defensive end because he's a big, long kid. He's not like a, a like a you know, like Matt Romar. Like Matt Romar is a bowling ball of a yeah. Human he's a being. nose tackle. Like a, yeah. yeah, he's an inside guy. Wade's got that length, but he's still three hundred plus pounds. Like in in that system, you're talking about guys that are two eighty minimum. And that, that's just not what OU has right now. Now, with Gallimore and some of that, you're moving in the right direction, but that's just not been the case. And, you know, I had somebody say on the board this week, oh, is, is Emmanuel Beal, is he regressing? No, he's not regressing. People are figuring out who he is. Like, I know that OU fans follow recruiting, and they knew that Emmanuel Beal was 210 pounds the second he hit the field. Other schools don't know that. They're, they're just going to go out and execute their game plan, and they'll figure out what they can. But now that guy, you know, teams have weeks and weeks of film to see, they see that Emmanuel Beal is not a big guy, and if we run directly at him, he's going to have problems. Well, and, and I mean, you decide with West Virginia, everything collapses. You 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 miss one fit in the run game with that defense that they're playing, it's over, and that happened five or six times against West Virginia. My question is, is help on the way? Because it feels almost like it is, right? If, I mean, you said Neville Gallimore's there. Devontae Lampkin's there. Bledsoe's suspended because of the PEDs, but he's there. He's there. The linebacking uh, class that they have in 2017 is great. So it, it feels like they're on the cusp of getting the right guys in, but then you also wonder, why did it take so long? Why are you running this defense now where you have to be playing these guys out of position? So I, I think the, the interesting question for Oklahoma will become – how do you hang on to this kind of system and this coaching, this defensive coordinator, and let these more guys, these other guys come in and see what happens, or do you cut and bail and uh, let somebody else take control? Josh, I'll let you take that. Maybe we lost Josh. You for keep real. dropping to me right as I lose focus on something. I'm like, oh, they're not going to want me for a second because I talk too much as it is. I, I've literally made a conscious effort to not dive in too much because all my points take way too long. So like, oh, they're not going to want to talk to me. And then, of course, you, you you come to me. So that that's my fault. It's also my fault because the same thing happens to me if I start talking for too long. I just, oh, I, I should stop now and just let Josh go. <laughs> you two do like to talk. I love the sound of my own voice. I wish Eddie liked to talk more today. So is like Eddie chewing the microphone. Like I feel like Eddie's just like red faced and he's just staring pissed. a hole through his laptop right now. Just just ready for what? Everything. Not, obviously not this show. <laughs> is this what we get when the Cubs win a title? Like I thought Eddie would be permanently I just happy. checked like, out. See, Eddie Eddie is the like Josh and I talk about this all all the time. Like this is this is very disconcerting for me because Eddie works harder than anyone I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I and I'm always wondering like I mean he drinks so much Red Bull, but I'm always wondering like does Eddie ever crash? Does Eddie ever like get burnt out? Like it, I've never I'm seeing it happen for the first time. Maybe right I now. am. Maybe I'm burnt out. This is jarring to see. It really is. Eddie's never down. I got like, stuff this is... I got stuff going through the mind. Did you just, just trying like to get all my break all my up stuff. with a girlfriend that we no. don't know or get a divorce and no. married or no, something? No, 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 no. Did you lose a child or no? Are you having a child? God, no. Okay, okay. I <laughs> see. That was where I really thought we could maybe have hit a hit a home run. So it's not a personal issue. No, no, no. It's just a burnout issue. He's just sick of us. 
I will admit that that West Virginia trip was man, it was bad. It was it was rough. It was long or short. It was, it was short, short but long. But we never slept. Yeah, you. I slept an hour. You didn't sleep at all. I slept on the plane. I had to talk to a guy the whole time. Yeah, Ugh. that was awful. That's the worst. That's the worst. He was a nice guy. I make it pretty known that I don't. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to know you. Usually I, I do, but he was another big guy, and so we were like crammed in there like sardines. There is kind of like a big guy kinship when you see another big guy. It's like our flesh was pressed up against each other, and we just didn't care because we knew there was nothing we could do about it. I have no kinship with the big guy. You know why I don't have a kinship? Because you shouldn't be sitting next to me in the first place, dude. Get the hell on. Like, move farther down the rows. Like, I don't. I was here early. You should have booked your flight early. That's your problem. So Josh is fat shaming this week. Oh yeah. So last for sure. Hey, I'm a fat guy. I can fat shame. That's okay. Like that's not a big deal. So. Although we, I need you to move on. In in our group, you you're like the the skinny girl of the group though. <laughs> for, for the com crew. He picked us specifically to make himself look better, like all girls do. They have their packs that they run in. They have to be the best looking one. Oh. It, it all makes sense now. But Joe, you have the best hair and I'm still envious of that. So whatever. Okay, we have some one one more thing I want to talk about before we get out of here. Uh unless do we want to hit any recruiting Josh is there any anything pressing that you wanted to get to this week? Um nothing huge. I mean, I think just as a small note, you know, obviously uh 2018 Rivals 100 running back TJ Pledger announced he's going to visit for Bedlam. That's a huge deal being a kid from California. That's a lot of, you know, obviously cash to dish out. So I think it's a good indication of his interest. I spoke to him uh, last night, actually, and he, he seems really interested. I think him and Coach Bolwer have developed a good relationship. So I, I think that could be interesting because he does have a, a friendship with Cameron Rising, Oklahoma's quarterback commitment. So I think, like, like I said, I think it's still a lot of work to do to pull an elite guy out of Los Angeles away from at USC, but I, I think it's really interesting that he's making this trip, and really it's the only trip he has set up right now. Uh, in terms of this week for coaches, have you, you get, have you gotten any kind of a signal in terms of, um, you know, going, I know Bob was really concerned with recruiting this week, uh, with, with having the, uh, the off week, but in Lincoln Riley was going on about, you know, midterm guys, like he was really upset about the recruiting calendar right now, the way it's working out for them. I don't know if that means anything to you, Josh. I think say I guess did he expand on like what it was that had him upset? I, I'd be interested. He to was what talking that was. about the midterm rollies and and how that's really kind of screwing them on that. Does that make any sense to you? Do you mean like who they could go being see able? To, yeah, being able to go see him and things like that. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of their midterm guys have already you know either out of playoffs or whatever, so they don't really have the football activity. Like Chris Robinson got knocked out the week I was there. Uh, as, as an example, uh, Trey Sermon's already done. So there, there's a lot of guys that they can't go, you know, go watch a game and kind of continue to build that, uh, or, you know, not build, but just maintain that relationship. Um, that would be my thought of what he's talking about there. But, yeah, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting because, like, uh, one of the guys that is a midterm guy is one of the guys that I think we're all counting on to be part of this class. That's Adrian Ely, and, you know, he's – to my knowledge, not taking an official visit this weekend either, which leaves him like three visit weekends, and he's got huh. four available. So I, I can't tell if that's a good sign for OU 
or is he waiting on LSU to figure its situation out? There's a lot of a lot at play with him. I think he's really interesting to watch over the next few weeks. Let me ask you. Uh, it was a cool video, but I, I I said this afterwards. We should probably try and like keep track of guys that commit to schools after they've just been beaten in a big game. You know, I'm talking about Greg Rogers. Yep. Um, what 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 do you think happened there with him? I think he was a kid, and I really think his his idea was always to go to USC. I think he liked the LA area. I think that was what worked out, and I think that really opened the door for UCLA. Now, my impression would probably be that UCA, U, excuse me, USC cooled on him a little bit, uh-huh. and that kind of opened the door to well, I could still go to Los Angeles. I can still play in the Pac-12. I'll just go to UCLA. And he clearly developed a good relationship with Jalen Phillips. They're, you know, kind of a borderline four or five star uh, defensive end commitment. That's a big time guy. That kid's good. And I think they got him convinced. Oh, you two together, you're going to change everything. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's another one of those things. Kind of like we talked about a few weeks ago with Jalen Rager. If he had picked Colorado, I get it. I understand that. That's a team that seems to be moving in the right direction. Beautiful campus, a lot to provide. You know, you, you understand it all. UCLA's another 500 year away from looking for a new coaching staff. So that's, it's a gamble. Like I said, I mean, I get that he likes LA, UCLA, beautiful campus, all those kind of things, but that's, that's a pretty big risk that sometimes I wonder if kids are thinking about the whole picture rather than, Oh, I just really like this one thing. And I'm centered on that. If you're picking UCLA right now, you don't care about your You don't care. Eddie is a huge Jim Moore junior fan. He's Eddie and I are the same he's page almost as bad as Mark Helfrich at ruining a program. Yeah, yeah. Helfrich doesn't seem like the scumbag that Mora might be. Yeah, that's probably true. But they're both inept at coaching. Both guys, both idiots, both <laughs> should be hit in the face. <laughs> there's Eddie. Oh, there's hope. I really think by Eddie, lawyers. I really, really think Eddie would be a great. <laughs> Key and Peel, like the speaking for Bob Stoops, being his inner voice, just standing next to him. I really want that to happen one day. Eddie's so good at that. Could just do like Eddie video commentary during a press conference. Oh, that'd be great. Just be a big middle finger. Just <laughs> that's all it is, basically. Telling the overlaughers to stop laughing. Oh God, they wouldn't be allowed in in my press conference, <laughs> unless. Uh, do you ever laugh at anything Bob says? I laugh at a lot of stuff he says. But it's just the over-laughing. It's, it's just so bad. Was Old Man Josh there? I don't know what's worse, that or <laughs> oh, Burger King. Old Man Overlaffer. <laughs> what? Now, man what? Over-laffer. What? That or Burger King? Yeah, I don't know what's worse. Overlaffers or Burger King? Yeah. It's ironic. There's no way I'm getting those pancakes or the, those chicken nuggets for $10.49 for 10 that's not chicken. Both awful things. At some point, it costs too little. Josh knows what I'm saying. I agree. It costs Josh, too little. From Burger King. It's Josh got scary. it. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary that I'm paying $1.50 for 10 pieces of chicken. Like, that's too little. Like, you're, you're, you're undercutting every... Like, you're undercutting uh, trust, basically. Don't, don't make me question if this is actually chicken, please. You're eating pigeons. You're, you're pretty much eating pigeons. Chicken of the sea or something else. <laughs> uh, all right. There was one thing I wanted to hit on before we get out of here, and I'm just completely baffled at what that was now. So I can hit you with a stat while you wait. 
Okay, go ahead. All right, in the, the last four games, Baker Mayfield has targeted Geno Lewis on third down five times. He is five for five for 92 yards and five first downs on those attempts. So if you didn't know, Geno Lewis is good on third downs. Okay, I know what it was now. There you go. Thank you for your stat. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. So Baker Mayfield told us this uh, after practice on Monday. Y'all going to grow out your uh, football shoes again? It's coming back. I might have to draw with eye black on some of the younger QBs <laughs> because they cannot grow the mustaches, but uh, they, they will be on in full force. Have you ever, have you ever thought about growing out a mullet? No, I have not. Actually, a little bit, but no. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say that Cody Thomas and Trevor Knight are both going to be in attendance with Fu Manchu mustaches for Big 12. So. All right, I have to stop it there because... Hold him, hold on a minute. Trevor Knight, Texas A&M quarterback, is going to shave himself into a Fu Manchu and be at Bedlam this weekend. If he does that, he shouldn't be allowed back on the College Station campus. That's weird. Like, and he's probably going to be on the field because Connor, his brother, twin brother, is going to be honored on Senior Day. Why don't they just give him a Don Key Award while he's here? They might. Can you imagine that? <laughs> the Don Key Award winner is Trevor Knight. Texas A&M starting quarterback. <laughs> He'd probably drop it. <laughs> He's not a receiver. That might it might it might hurt him, you know, if they when they give it to him. He might injure himself. How would it be if Geno Lewis got hurt and went back to Penn State for their senior day festivities? Would people in Norman be upset about that? They would never really look at him like an OU guy after that. Well, that's true. But do they really anyway? Like, do you feel like Justin Brown's looked no, at the I same don't. You're as right. somebody else? You're right. It might be different, though, if you're a quarterback. Because if you're a quarterback, you've been a face of Texas A&M. For, I mean, they were what? They were in the college football playoff top four. They were number four. four when he got hurt. Yeah, so. <laughs> Which That's Eddie snickering, by the way. I think so. I, just, oh, that's just that's typical Texas heard, so. A&M. Just typical. Who do they have this? They got LSU. Oh, they're going to, man. They're going to up outside of the top 25. They're so they bad right now. Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the second game that he's he's been to more games at OU lately than he has at Texas A&M. Would you rather be in Norman or College Station? I wonder if they'll let Cody Thomas on the sideline. I'm sure they would. He's on the sidelines a couple weeks ago. Oh, he was? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that'll be interesting. It's the off season. All right. Um, really, that's going to do it for this podcast. It's you know, it's, it's disconcerting. Eddie's burnout. Hey, can we? Hey, hang on. Can we end on a positive note here? Just I don't think so. We tried to start on a positive note. That didn't Joe's work. Norman North Timberwolves are in the state finals. Like I think yes, we're going to let are. Joe have his little moment here. That way, maybe we can salvage some happiness heading into tomorrow's I'm not, Thanksgiving. I'm Joe, not, I'm not falling for this. You no, you you <laughs> you're trying to get me on record bragging about this so that you can play it back. I they're playing Union and it's hard to beat Tulsa Union twice in one year. I mean it was t- teams Joe, on the west you side. Should, you should just tell them not to go. Don't suffer the embarrassment of possibly losing. <laughs> yeah, they, they won the semifinal, so, so it'll See, be it'll, it'll be, be good really going good into happiness. next year. It'll be really good for it'll be really good for Southside Oklahoma City recruiting next yeah, that's, year. That's different. North could take Alabama, so I'm not. That's the different. And North North's going to win. They're going to beat you. Joe will show up at the state championship game with a "We Want Bama" sign. Yes, I will. <laughs> 
That, Joe Butner, by the way, on Twitter said that, and that was great. Norman North does want Bama. I will be there with We Want Bama signed, and I lied. I'm, I am overconfident. We are going to win the state title. Norman North's bringing it home to he the West Side. He has a Norman North baseball I, shirt on right now. I wore it today to support the boys. So, uh, T what? T Wolves. Union by more than 10. <laughs> we need what's CJ fr- Moore seven hundred yards we, total. We, uh, we have a first podcast bet. I was we like, can we bet. do friendly wagers? Will the OSSSA get mad at us if we do anything like that? Yeah, you, you have a credential, by the way. You yeah, cannot I know. Be, you cannot be wearing Norman North stuff to the game <laughs> unless you're going in the stands. Oh, I don't. I don't. I believe uh, for the first North Union game, I just wore a, a green flannel. No, look, I think I think Eddie and I are going. I don't. I, are we going, Eddie? Yeah. Okay, so you can to. go and hang out in the stands if you want. And then, uh, but you I have can, to be in the stands if I wear any Norman North garb or paint myself yes, green. Yes, you not don't flash that that credential unless right. Okay, you're not wearing green or Norman North stuff. Just pay your five dollars. All right, and I'll go sit with the students. I'll go be right in the well, middle. Your, of it. Is your wife not from Norman North? She is. Yeah, she was a year older than me. We met in high school. Are you going with like former classmates and stuff? You know what? I we haven't even really talked about it yet. Uh, we're pretty late to the scene anyway we're pretty just impulsive so i bet a couple of my guys will go i bet we'll make a trip of it eddie do you, do you really think union will win by 10 uh i think they will win it's gonna yeah be, it's gonna I be think tough I'm when north scores <laughs> what did you say joe so that's gonna be tough when north scores 60 i think they'll win by i think they'll win eddie's just being spiteful now i mean if adrian wilson catches the did ball they win the first game did <laughs> Did you support his Cubs at all? Were you were you supportive? Well, here's the deal. And now he's doing this to you. I was actually going to root for the Indians outwardly uh, because I think it's kind of more fun when Cubs fans are miserable. I think I like the way that baseball works that way. But but the way Eddie, it, how personal it was for him, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do that to him. So you know, this stings a little bit since I supported the Cubs by not talking about how much I was rooting for the Indians. I don't care. They <laughs> lost. Indians lost. <laughs> this is I don't even want to you can't get in a friendly rivalry with Eddie cuz you're gonna lose. I feel like he is his whole life has been practiced to be good at beating you at banter. Have you tried to talk Basically. to him on Twitter? Uh you know who can't talk to me on Twitter? The Tulsa football program. He's been banned by me. Tulsa football. <laughs> you didn't hear this, Josh? I did, but it's still fantastic. <laughs> So you still blocked right now? Have you checked during the podcast? Oh, yeah. I'm still blocked. That's not a, fine. Not a Tulsa football blog. The official University yeah, the of official. Tulsa. Maybe we should check and see if Joe Mixon's unblocked me. I don't know. Now that he's apparently apologizing. He might be blocked by the Tulsa football program. What I liked, you. Eddie, is I was involved in that. was completely on your side, but clearly I didn't cross some invisible line that they had because... You, I, I think it was the not worth worrying about was probably, or something along those lines that you said, was the bridge too far for them. But I kind of kept going back and checking. I was like, surely they're going to get around to me. But no, no, they were fine with me. The softest, softest program in the country is Tulsa. I'm the biggest Oral Roberts well, supporter that like you can Phillip find. Well, it's not like Philip Montgomery pushed the button to block you. He might have. He didn't. It was some intern. I mean, they made it was some intern. They made T-shirts the next week that said "Us versus everybody." Oh well, Eddie, how did they spell it? Yeah, but say E R E R R apostrophe. Is it a coincidence they started with E R? 
Eddie Radosevich? I don't. I, I don't saw think so. you tweet that exact spelling the other day and did not put out that it was th- you were throwing shade. Like I had no idea, but now I see what you did. They're just. It's. It's fine. It. I mean. <laughs> That's great. I'm sorry that I upset all 25 fans of the Tulsa football program. <laughs> and basically, that's what it was. I, I upset two people that are outspoken about Tulsa football on Twitter. It's all right. I, hey, I'll just be glad. I told Carrie the other night, I'm just going to be glad that we're going to go up to uh, Tulsa Stadium for the, uh, is it Skelly Stadium for or Chapman Stadium yeah. for the 6A final There'll be more fans for that game than Tulsa gets all year, so that's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, it took an hour and ten minutes for Eddie Radosevich to wake up. Now that he's awake, he's spitting fire as usual. Well, Tulsa just... That's why they're little brother in this state. I feel like Eddie should get his own podcast and call it, like, Woklahoma or something. <laughs> or Stay Woklahoma. <laughs> I tried to point out some uh, a, a, a plane the other night with uh, chemtrails coming out, and Carrie wasn't having any of it. I saw it, and I mean, what do you want me to say? Yeah, that's chemtrails. Government. <laughs> Next week, we can talk about... Eddie Radosevich, uh, truther, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, big truther. Stevie Wonder can see. Uh, <laughs> I've heard this one before, yeah. Is that true? Is that a real theory? There yeah. are YouTube videos. No, that, <sighs> that's 100%. The other one... I mean, we don't want to talk about 9-11, but... Uh, no, we don't. Thanksgiving podcast. <laughs> trying to think of other. Ones. You want to talk about the uh, the the, the uh, wiping out of Native Americans or anything like that while we're no trying to have a nice holiday. It's not a holiday; it's a meal. Although, have you ever like talked? Have you ever <laughs> talked at Thanksgiving? This is kind of how Thanksgiving conversations go. We're just getting people prepared. That's true. Yeah, this is this is like your pregame meal, exactly. basically. Prepare for the in-laws with the unofficial 40. All right. I want to say this uh, as we're leaving. We appreciate all you guys listening. We hope that uh, all of our listeners, all of our subscribers, have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Hope you get to spend some time with family. Eddie's already taking off his headphones because he's done with this crap. He's, he's got to go do a radio show, I guess. Uh, so we want to thank you guys uh, for listening. Go check us out on iTunes. On? Uh, give us a give us a rating. Yeah, he's just leaving. He's he got a phone call, so he's just leaving. Um, <laughs> should we listen in? Man, Josh, this is the first day Eddie's ever mailed it in. It's it's took like six years, but it finally happened. It makes me feel better about myself. That, that yeah. I, I don't feel quite so awful about the human being I am. Eddie's so good. I mean, he's such. I mean, he really is on all the time that this is uh it's really startling all right well that's gonna do it uh everybody have a great thanksgiving thanks uh from josh who is uh back in his studio for uh joe duvall and for eddie radosevich who couldn't (laughs) give two f's about anything right now i'm carrie murdoch and we'll see you guys next time on the unofficial 40